and welcome to the Kids Planet Podcast. An opportunity to explore the highs and lows of raising under fives. Here's your host, Victoria Jones. Hi and welcome, I'm Victoria Jones. It seems fitting that for our very first podcast episode, we talked to Kids Planet CEO Claire Roberts, who back in 2008 sat down and convinced her dad to start a nursery group. Welcome Claire, tell us more about that time. Um, well, it was a bit of a strange time, really. So probably rewinding from before that initial decision was made, I had a job where I worked for the pharmaceutical industry and used to travel a lot. And when I was on maternity leave and my oldest daughter was five weeks old, we had a restructuring and I was invited to go to a meeting in Birmingham to basically look at how our restructure was going to be. But at that point, rather than carrying on with a company that my head office was in Northern Ireland and I travelled a lot and left the house at seven in the morning and came home at seven at night, I I really gave a lot of of soul-searching and thought about it and decided to volunteer for redundancy. And at that point, um, my dad had previously been involved with another nursery group, which he'd uh, been in partnership with someone in, and he was looking to retire or looking to exit the sector. And the two things sort of really fell at the same time where I was looking for something to do. I'd worked in childcare, but in the 90s, I'd worked in preschool rooms. So knew the basics of minding children, but not really about running a nursery on a day-to-day side of things. But I knew from my own childcare research that I hadn't found a nursery that suited what I needed um, for my own daughter and also the flexibility that I needed in terms of travel. And really, that was where the idea of Kids Planet sprung from. So initially, um, I started looking at lots of existing nurseries and got the deals a bit like a bit of details, a bit like buying a house, got lots of brochures to look at what we thought was the right thing. Um, And living in Lynn, um, I knew Warrington and discovered a nursery in Warrington that was for sale um, and another nursery that was in Witness. And we made the decision from day one that rather than just having one nursery, we were going to build a brand and a group. And that was why we started with two nurseries from the very beginning. Um, And obviously my childcare issues were solved overnight as well. Um, I became the manager of our Warrington nursery um, and I was there every day. And that's where for the first year, my oldest daughter, Izzy went. Know that I thought she went straight to him. So it's very much a family business, isn't it? Obviously, it started with you and your dad, but your sister Lucy now um, is involved. Yeah, tell us about that. What's it like working in a family business with your with your siblings? When when Dad and I first had the idea to start Kids Planet, everyone thought we were crazy. So my dad and I are both very very similar. We um, we're quite direct. We call a spade a spade. We don't have hidden agendas. And we quite just like getting things done. And at times, on a personal level, that can also be quite challenging as well. So I think from a family point of view, I think everyone's a bit concerned about how we would be able to wear the hat of work and the hat of family life. Um, And we've found a way through it. If anything, we know we're both on the same team. We don't always agree. And I think even now our board laughs at the fact that there isn't some hidden family agenda 
we will have healthy debates like you'd expect colleagues to have. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's been one of the main reasons for the success of the business, because I think if we were all just saying yes to each other all the time, we wouldn't have challenged each other or got to where we are. I think for my sister, my sister's um, nine and a half years younger than me. And when she joined, she is very different to both my dad and I. Um, she's probably not as direct and not as confrontational and is um and so we behave differently but I think we've always behaved at work like we're work colleagues so often even family members will say oh what's such and such doing or what have they done at the weekend and we go what are you talking about why would we know that we talk about work at work family life is we might have brief conversations but when we're at work we're there to get the job done so I think but I think what is really important, and this has been sort of key for me all the way through, when Lucy joined in particular, I had someone who I trusted implicitly. Lucy's role was she was head of early years for school, so she's from a teaching background. But I knew that I had someone who was never going to do something recklessly. And I know you'd hope that with all colleagues or all employees. But when it's part of your family. When it's part of your family and it's part of... Um, your dad and your sister are the owners of a company yeah. you really sort of cherish that and make sure and and to be fair it, it does work really well and there are times I think the fact that we have such a large age gap between us is why we can work well together because growing up we didn't have this the sibling rows that you might have had by the time I was going to university Lucy was um eight or nine so it it really wasn't it wasn't that we ever used to fall out or not get on if anything she's the I'm the oldest and she's the youngest and we have two brothers in between so when she was born I was desperate for a sister so I was always relieved like that I start. three brothers <laughs> yeah, three brothers could be a bit of a handful so who's the driving force behind it all you say that your dad and you are of similar personalities but where do you get your energy from and who drives it along both drive each other sometimes possibly too much I think we're both um naturally entrepreneurial and we like the growth and we get excitement through doing new developments and seeing new opportunities and I think it's a combination of the two things I think at different times one of us might be more of the driving force. I think probably more so now, I probably have more control in the fact that I know my dad would never push anything that I didn't want to do because he always says, if Claire's not on board, we're not, not going to do it because he knows that I will do a lot of the day-to-day -day work around things. So I think from that point of view, it, but it is a combination of both of us. I think we're very privileged to have... Uh, a business in a, in a sector where 12 years on from when we first started we're still as enthusiastic now yeah, yeah, yeah. as we were then and I still get the same excitement from new opportunities and through enhancing and doing things to our existing nurseries as well I think we've always worked together in the fact that we wouldn't have grown if we didn't feel that we were able to support that growth with the quality and with what we were doing and I think that's been something that we've always been really, really key, have always been key to getting things right. Um, like, don't get me wrong, of course, in any company, you make mistakes and you learn through challenges and through things that happen. 
But I think in terms of our record for quality and in terms of the journey that we've been on, we've been lucky that we've had an amazing team around us who've implemented a lot of things, which obviously makes it easier. It does in the long run. When, when you... Well, when you and I first met back in 2009, the Lim Nursery had just opened. Did you think back then that Kids Planet would be where it is now with a training academy with 50 feet, 53, going on 54 nurseries? Did you honestly think this is what you planned or? No, not really. I think, I think when we got, I think when we got to three or four, well, we had four when we opened Lim. So we had two that opened at the same time. I think it felt like a big change. I think to start with as well, so I've got three children. So in the early days, I was still having babies. So that was sort of detracting from the ability to expand. So I, my Izzy, my oldest, is now 13. Scarlett's nearly 10 until he's seven. So I think that sort of made it a lot slower, the growth, just because of the fact that um, to a certain degree, whilst I didn't get... Uh, um, a normal maternity leave I had to have some time off when babies were first born Um, but I think the turning point really where I did think we were going to grow quite big was when we did an acquisition of three nurseries in Liverpool and that was a new area for us and that might sound daft but I know Warrington I know Manchester very well I didn't know Liverpool particularly well as an area and that was a change of suddenly having a group of three all at once as well yeah yeah. So you talk about your daughters, you've got three, 10, 13, 10 and seven. How do you do it? How do you juggle nurseries, business, family life? You're always on the go. You've always got, you know, other projects. You talked about that. How do you, how do you manage it? How do you juggle it all? I think you just get on with it. I, I've, all, I've never really, I've always been a busy person. So I've never really known any different. From having children, I was work. I went back to work and I did a long day. So I was very organised and knew what I knew that I had to pack the bag the night before because I'd be in the car at seven o'clock in the morning to open the nursery at half seven. So I think it's about being organised, and you can make things work. Like I'm fortunate, and I am lucky now that obviously it being our own company, I do have more flexibility than if I work for someone else in an office nine till five. But I think it's just, with three children, they um, do take up a lot of time, both in the evenings after work and at the weekends where I'm a glorified chauffeur. (laughs) Um, But you just get on with it, really. And I think it it moves, time moves on very quickly. And what you think is a long period of time suddenly goes, actually isn't. Can you imagine any of the three girls taking the business on? Obviously, they're still young, but could you, with the personalities that are coming through, do you see any of them? I think they'd like to. I don't think that will be an option to them. I think um, I think because of the way that the business is built up, I'm not sure. I think it would be a big ask for someone to come into a family business, particularly one that's yeah. the size that this is now. I think... When my dad had his previous nursery group, I always felt that whilst I worked in rooms, I would never have liked to have been in a senior role because I think I would have always been perceived as the boss's daughter. Mm -hmm. And I I suspect they might be dealt the same. Always got that legacy that they have to. Um, But I don't know, they they certainly 
Um, I'm, I'm absolutely certain as they get older um, and they're old enough to, they'll, they'll do what I did and love it as holiday jobs and, <laughs> and coming back from university to, to take the benefits. Um, but I, I don't know. Who knows? I think as well it's important that they have opportunities to them that are different yeah. and they learn. I, I had a career before Kids Planet that went on for eight, nine years. And I think that's important as well, that you get skills and you develop as a person. Otherwise, you never learn anything different. Yeah. And kind of talking about learning things differently, obviously we can't we can't not mention COVID and the implications that, you know, surrounded the business in the last 12 months. Did you, could you imagine even a year ago today thinking that we'd be now here in January in a third lockdown? I don't think I thought we'd still be here now in January, but I think I was very realistic early on. And when people kept saying to me, oh, it's just for three weeks, I was half laughing, but half not going, they've cancelled GCSE and A-levels. Yeah. I think this is more serious than people think. I think no one, I can remember in January and February last year going on holiday and talking about the fact that there was this virus in other parts of the world. And not really taking it seriously and not imagine I couldn't have imagined then that we would be where we are now it all felt very surreal this time last year like you say you heard about it but you couldn't imagine yeah it's 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 like we're part of a film that we didn't ask to be part of um but I think we are where we are I think we've been fortunate in the fact that during the pandemic we made decisions and we were able to make sort of sensible business decisions relatively quickly in the first lockdown. And I think that gave us a strong foundation to work through it as the pandemics carried on. It has been incredibly challenging for early years, but I think what a lot of parents in particular have um, really appreciated and recognised is it's completely difficult to work from home with very young children. Yeah. As a mum of three daughters, it was very difficult for me when my youngest was at home. Um, I think it's a real challenge to try and do a job and to try and be the educator for your children. Yeah, you can, anyone who can do both things really well is a better person than I am. Good luck to them. I'd like to find that person and uh, have some words with them. But um, you've always talked quite openly, and specifically in the last lockdown, about um, early as practitioners becoming the, the kind of the forgotten key workers during the pandemic. Do you still think that's the case uh, 12 months on? And why, you know, why do you think that is? I think it is and it isn't. I think we are the forgotten key worker. I think still now, the fact that other key workers have been given the priority for the vaccination shows that we're not considered in the same light, the fact that we aren't in that first round of vaccination, which seems incredibly ridiculous now, when we are open to all families, when other sectors are completely closed. I think it's difficult because on one hand, we deliver early years education for local authorities, a bit like schools, but then a lot of our income is also private income. And I think that's where the challenge is, that they don't really know often what to do with early years because it is slightly different to schools. But to be fair, in this occasion, schools have been treated as the forgotten key yeah, worker as yeah. well, and they're not being given the priority of the vaccine either. I think there has been more credibility to the sector. And I think also as well the fact that it shows in recent studies the gap that is currently shown with children that went to reception this year 
and the previous year in the fact that they'd not accessed early years education shows the work early years does is actually really really important yeah so on a more positive note if we push covid aside um you were meant to be climbing kilimanjaro this february next month obviously that's not looking possible what's what's that all about where's where's that come from so um like lots of people, I have I had a bucket list of things or experiences that I'd like to do in my life. And my best friend, who I went to primary school with, and I've always joked that we'd climb Kilimanjaro. Um, neither of us probably were that keen because we'd certainly done nothing to organise <laughs> it. So flash forward to a dinner that was about two years ago now where um, someone I know through work, he's had a tax it, um, EY, uh, Victoria Price, and I were at a dinner for Warrington Youth Zone, and it was hosted by a friend of ours, Marnie Millard, who climbed Kilimanjaro for Warrington Youth Zone. And after a couple of glasses of Prosecco, oh, um, Victoria shouted across the table at the dinner to me, did I fancy it, and would I be up for it? And I said, yeah, why not? <laughs> the next thing you know, I wake up the next morning and she's emailed about 15 people that we know saying that we're doing it. So by that point, I couldn't really get out and was committed. I knew a few other people who wanted to do it as well. And so I sort of wrote them in. Um, but Youth Zone is a project for 16 to 21-year-olds, and it gives them a safe place for them to go after school or on weekends uh, to get support and really have a safe place to be, really. And there's a new facility that's being built in Warrington Town Centre, and they needed additional funds, like many charities more than ever now. Um, what COVID has done is actually stopped a lot of the funding getting to them. Yeah. So, yes, we were supposed to originally do it in October last year, then it got moved to February. It's now been moved to September, which, fingers crossed, we will make. Who knows, if, if it gets moved again, it gets moved again, but we will do it. Everyone's very committed um, I guess it gives you extra time to uh, put in some practice. I did say that going in February would have been more difficult because our training would need to be more and it was very cold and icy. Yeah. And whereas actually going in September means we get summer months where we can train and climb and yeah. it should be in nicer conditions. <laughs> where, where do you train or where have you been? Well, we, we trained when we were allowed to um, up Snowdon. Mm. Um, and a lot of it is, whilst obviously height is important, a lot of it is about time on your feet. Mm. So at the moment, uh, because you can't really go anywhere to walk, I'm running quite a lot and I'm doing that because I think that's a way of making sure I've got time on my feet. Yeah. It also keeps my fitness up. You're quite used to running, aren't you? you you've spent, you've done various quantum um, ways. and Yeah, I have run. I've done a couple of marathons and I've done an ultra marathon. Had a knee operation in between that though, um, so I'm not really as good a runner. I'm certainly not as long a distance a runner as I used to be. Um, but I've been doing quite a lot of running recently, and I've also been doing quite a lot of um, yoga and Pilates because I've realised that being in your forties probably means <laughs> need to look after a lifetime of not stretching. Yeah, maybe that's why I needed a knee op. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got to all be part of the same package, hasn't it? So, um, just. A last question, um, and we're going to ask this to all of our guests that come on our podcast. If you were stuck on a desert island and you could take only one thing with you, what would that one thing be and why? It's <laughs> a really hard question. Um, one thing. 
something to get you off the desert island or something to give you comfort while you're on it? I think what would you take? Um... <laughs> Claire, lost the words. Probably a notebook or paper. And then I'd work while I was there. It depends whether I'm trying it's to get. Out. It depends whether. No, no. I'd, I'd I'd write and write things down and make notes or write a diary of what was going on. But it would depend whether the thing was taken to try and get me off the island or not. Because papers would get me very far. <laughs> if it was, <laughs> if it was, that. was to try and escape. Uh, but I think that's really difficult to think what one thing you'd take. One thing, yeah. Okay, brilliant. Anyway, thank you, Claire, and thank you for listening today. Um, next time we'll be chatting to Hayley Tamadon, best known for her roles in Coronation Street and Emmerdale and winner of Dancing on Ice in 2010. Hayley will be chatting with me about her experiences of having a baby during COVID, the parent guilt that uh, she experiences, but also her real recent time on Full Monty on Ice, brave lady. Until then, take care and stay safe. Thanks for joining us and to our guest today. Tune in next month and in the meantime, pop over to our website and follow us on social media. Kids Planet, working together to inspire your world.